The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thank you so much for joining us here on Winning Ponies. Well, weeks don't get any bigger than this. It is time for the Breeders' Cup. And I brought out some experts that uh, look at the sport from uh, different angles and uh, uh, both uh, philosophically and physically. Out on the West Coast at Santa Anita, we have none other than Ed DeRosa of Twin Spires. He is with us and free this week for sure, he told me shortly ago. And then a uh, regular on the show, multi-Eclipse Award winner Jenny Reese is out there. Jenny, once again, no longer with the Louisville Courier-Journal, uh, has really <laughs> reinvented herself in a great way and uh, she's like her own PR firm right now uh, for the hills of Kentucky and then uh, of course uh, DRF Dan Illman he didn't get a ticket on the plane but he is going to be sailing the daily racing form desk if you want to tune into drf live and kind of follow the two days action as it goes dan's going to kind of uh, lay out uh, you know what you'll be able to follow uh if if, if you'd like to on drf.com now at winning ponies we're in the contest spirit so we are going to have a breeders cup contest and uh, rather than just concentrate on the classic uh, we're going to go on a first, second, and third point system on Saturday's card just for the graded Breeders' Cup races, not some of the earlier races on the card. So it's free. Go to winningponies.com. doesn't cost you anything. Just sign up. You've got to get your picks in, though, before 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, so if you win, we're going to mail you a check for $150. If you come in second, you're going to get 100 winning easy form credits. And then third place, 75 credits. Fourth, 50. Fifth, 25. Sixth and seventh, 10. And we're going to give out 10 winning credits for any of you that come up with the closest time of the Breeders' Cup Classic. And also, you'll see that there's a section there for the time in the Breeders' Cup Classic because, uh, that would be the tiebreaker if there was one. Now, remember, you can go back to last year. You can check this online if you want. But we were the only service that hit the $15,495 pick five and the 16162 pick six on the Friday program and then followed it up in the Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint 
$9,530 Mongolian Saturday. He's back for more. Uh, we ha- had another good week uh, north to south. A really good week at Woodbine. Had a $1 pick four that paid $9,800. A $1 super key that paid $3,600. And a $1 super that paid $3,000. So it did really well north of the border. All right. I'm just going to kind of tighten this up and give you some, uh, some quick news uh, before we uh, start getting into our guests. I want to give them as much time as possible. You may have already seen that Kentucky Derby winner Nyquist has been retired. Uh, he's going to be going to Darley's Stallion roster at John Abel Farm in Lexington. Going to be standing for $40,000. So they're uh, taking it uh, easy with him. He had been working towards the Breeders' Cup but got sidetracked by an injury on the 27th. He just called it a puffy ankle, but they figure he's not going to be at his best to go in, and believe me, you're going to have to be be at your best to go in that classic as deep as that field is. So $40,000, you can get to Nyquist, who was last year's two-year-old champion, this year's Kentucky Derby winner. Uh, if you want to know where to get the Breeders' Cup, uh, NBC Sports, I hope you got it, NBCSN. Friday, the uh, action starts Eastern Time at uh, 5 o'clock. It'll go through 8. On Saturday, it starts at 2.30 in the afternoon and goes through 8. And, and, of course, on Saturday, regular NBC from 8 to 9. They'll be bringing the big races, concluding with the Classic. And if you're not near a TV, our uh, friends at Horse Racing Radio Network uh, will have extended coverage uh, Friday. Uh, they're going to be going uh, for three until eight o'clock. So uh, <clears throat> our HRR that's Friday and on Saturday uh, they're going to have the Equine Forum show uh, from eight to ten in the morning and the World Championship from three to nine. Lord Nelson, the sprinter, he's out of the Breeders' Cup sprint. Uh, he uh, cut himself, got a little bit infected, and again, if you're not 100%, you do not want to be going into the, any Breeders' Cup race. And Flincher, it looks like after his race is over, he's going to be retiring to Hill and Dale after the Breeders' Cup partnership of Hill and Dale, the China Horse Club, and Judmont uh, has been formed to stand the superstar Flintshire after he is done. What an incredible horse Career earnings of nearly $9 million. All right, uh, want to uh, uh, thank uh, Vance Hansen for pinch hinting last week. Uh, two races we looked at, one of the few graded ones at Keeneland. It was the mile and an eighth, Hagard Fayette. And the winner, impressive, wire-to-wire, noble bird getting the job done in a very, very quick track-setting time. And at Belmont Park, it was the grade two Bold ruler, the winner there, stall walking dude, took over into the stretch and got the job done. I read Ortiz. Okay, let's move right along. We want to uh, get our guests on as quick as we can and give them as much time as we can. Again, Dan Illman, who will be man in the desk in New York, will be our first guest. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? 
you can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me from Twin Spires, Ed DeRosa. He said because he got scratched last week, he demanded to go on first. So we're going to have Dan Elton go on third. Ed DeRosa, I know that you've got a uh, a race named after Twin Spires, the Breeders' Cup Sprint. I was actually with Twin Spired yesterday. Oh, yeah, I bet that horse in the bluegrass and had my heart broken when he came up just sort of brilliant speed. Yeah, he's uh, currently standing uh, at Poplar Creek Farm in Ohio, and man, is he good looking. But I, in the off season, he actually takes up residence at Churchill Downs, and uh, when people do tours and things, he's kind of like uh, the house horse. Ah, very cool. Yeah, well, I mean, that Ohio program, uh, you know, as, as a native, I'm certainly licking my Indian's wounds today, but uh, in oh. terms of, of racing over the last year, uh, great to see the the money they're running for my native thistle down and uh, definitely some some buzz about what Ohio's doing with its breeding program so it's it's exciting to see as someone who grew up with the product it is amazing I, I covered the best of Ohio last week and I had to write a story and when you looked at some of the sires in there you, you thought you were a Keeneland and real quick I want to give a shout out to Tim Ham Tim Ham yesterday recorded his 1,000th win as a trainer and he took a terrible beat down on Buckeye beat missed a dirty nose to Mo don't know in the $150,000 endurance that would have been a great way to get your 1000th win but he got this win with the horse sired by too much bling uh, the leading uh, Texas stud that uh, he actually uh, sired so I'm not sired he trained but anyhow I digress Ed you're out there uh how are things looking? I assume the weather's great. Uh, are there any, uh, you know, backstretch buzzes going on? You know, this week uh, I, I've been out there two mornings now and been been reading all the stuff before I got out here. And the one thing I'm I'm excited about is it, it's definitely an optimistic feel uh, around the backstretch or at Clocker's Corner. Uh, you know, we had the scratch of Lord Nelson that, that was unfortunate, a few other dropouts, but you know, that, that always happens. You have 13 races, you're going to have some scratches, but to me, 
uh, everything just seems to be coming together and, and, you know, we're all horse players. We've all been on the other end. You just hope the other shoe doesn't drop. But as of right now, uh, you know, I came into this week thinking there was a chance this could be the, the greatest Breeders' Cup ever. Uh, and based on the, the feel around the track this week, I, I'd be shocked if there weren't a couple races that weren't instant classics after they were run. Uh, I'm expecting some big performances. Hopefully I'm right about who they come from. Uh, but either way, I think we're going to see some special special races. Absolutely. I mean, you know, when you start talking about Friday's headline, the distaff, I mean, as sensational as Songbird's been, she's a three-year-old taking on some of the most talented older horses in training. Though I heard a quote from Mike Smith today say, bring them on, catch me if you can. <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's going to be exciting, no doubt about it. And the, the two horses that a lot of people think are the biggest threats, uh, not necessarily speedballs by any means, but both Stellar Win and Beholder, uh, we're, we're going to know them early. We'll know how close they are, and, and I'd be shocked if one of them uh, doesn't make a first move uh, early on the backstretch. So uh, I, I think we're in for a treat. I, I think it's the biggest Breeders' Cup race since the 2010 Classic with Zenyatta and Blame, uh, and a couple three-year-olds were stepping up in there. This, this truly to me, transcends even a championship race. This is, this is for an all-time great designation. Absolutely. I, I hope it's, it's a five-horse photo finish. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you, it's hard to throw anybody out. You wouldn't be surprised if I'm a chander box or uh, forever unbridled ha- happen to win. And you don't know how the race is going to set up. The one thing about Beholder, though, uh, um, I know that you've watched, I mean, Songbird, rather, you've watched all her races. She's undefeated is, I haven't seen her race yet. I've just seen her work out. Yeah, that's how I feel. And there are certainly those who think that we, we have seen her. And, you know, they'll talk about the speed numbers not being up to what some of the other fillies have, have run. And, and if you're a handicapper and that's what you use all the time, I, I certainly wouldn't want to steer you away. I mean, it, in some regards, it is just another race from a numbers perspective, but I agree with you. I'm not a huge physical guy. I don't uh, do my own workout work, and, you know, I'm not looking at gallop outs. I'm not that type of handicapper, but I do feel like I've seen enough races that I know when something is good or bad on, on the extreme, something that's really awesome or something that's really not. And to me, Songbird is just on that extreme level. Uh, reminds me of Rachel Alexandra, with, which she was able to do in the Woodward or the Preakness, where she just fends off all challengers. Songbird hasn't had many challengers, but, I mean, she just goes out and gallops these horses into the ground. A taller order awaits her tomorrow, but I think she's up to the task. All right, Adam, I'm going to bounce this off you. Uh, this is kind of a head-scratcher for me on Friday, the Dirt Mile. You're asking Run Happy to do something it's never done, coming off a layoff, being beat in the one-mile act, though I know it was a soggy track. I mean, you know, when you've got the perhaps the best sprinter in the country, certainly you did last year, why aren't you sprinting? Well, the one X factor with him is uh, his owner, Mattress Mackingvale, who uh, your Ohio listeners might remember sponsored the race at Turfway at one time. <laughs> Uh, he bought a stall at, in the Pegasus World Cup. So he's paid a million dollars to start a horse. Obviously, I'm sure he hopes it's run happy uh, in the mile and an eighth Pegasus for $12 million. So I'm sure in his mind, he thinks if they're going to get this horse ready for that race, which would probably be his, just his fourth race off the layoff, 
he needs to start going two turns and stretching out, and the, the sprint isn't going to get him there. So to me, this is the spot that uh, would lead into that, and it's, you know, grade one in a good pot. So that's why he's doing it. I'm going to be honest, uh, this is embarrassing to admit, if, if he had been one to two in the ACAC, I, I may have considered a bet. I was in the camp that he's a special horse and could overcome all the trouble he's faced in adversity with his connections. He was never winning that race. Thankfully, it was one to five. It was easy to keep my money in my pocket. I, I have no regrets in not betting at that price. But I really thought that was the day. And if, if he couldn't even hit the board in that race, I'm really against him to win this one. And, and I'll let him beat me as the second or third choice. Yeah, I've owned and bred horses, but all I know is if you're coming off a nine-month layoff, you don't you don't spit bullet works with a sprinter to try to go long the first time. I just I think this is a horse you might even be able to leave off your ticket and you know get some value. I'm leaning towards Dortmund. I mean, let's face it: a horse by the name of California Chrome is not going to be in this race. Dortmund has very good tactical speed. He's been spitting out 100 plus buyers and. And I just think that the drop back to a mile and no California Chrome in there is going to weigh well for Dortmund. Yeah, he's, he's certainly the most likely winner in the race. And Dave Lipman brought up a good point in his piece for the Blood Horse. Uh, the, the horses who have beaten Dortmund uh, in his last in his losses are California Chrome, Beholder, who finished ahead of him in the Pacific Classic, and American Pharaoh. So, uh, you know, a- any of those horses would be uh, you know one to ten in the dirt mile. He certainly is the most likely winner. I actually picked Hammer Cruz on top. Uh, I like some angles going for him with Karen getting out of Frosted Shadow. Uh, he ran in the Met Mile off the layoff. Uh, was basically thrown to the wolves there. I'm drawing a line through that. And his last two seconds are decent. I think he can get the two-turn mile. Uh, so to me, at a price, he's the one I'm most interested in. Uh, I'm going to play him with Dortmund and probably to win. Uh, but in the Maltese, Dortmund, I think, is a pretty safe single, and Tamar Cruz would be my alternative to try to shake things up. All right. Well, we're talking with Ed DeRosa. Let's move on to Saturday. I know it's awful hard. There's so many outstanding races. Um, we'll we'll get to the classic. Ed DeRosa, give me a race of interest for you uh, from a betting perspective with all these great races on the undercard. Yeah, I, I have two, uh, the Juvenile and the Philly and Mare Sprint. Uh, in, the, in the Juvenile, I feel very strongly about Classic Empire, not necessarily he is going to win this race type of feeling. I do think he's a special horse who we're going to hear from as a three-year-old. Uh, and normally, maybe I'd bet against that in the Juvenile if he were like the 8-5 to five favorite or something like that. But this is a loaded Juvenile. And the winner truly is going to be special on Saturday. I think it's going to take a, a top performance. I think he's one who's capable of it. And getting 5-1 to one on a horse who I think possesses that kind of talent, I have to take. Uh, so to me, he's, he's a, a strong pick at the price. Now, if he were to float down and take all sorts of money and be like 2-1, to one, I'd have to pass. But I, I do think I'm going to get 5-1, to 9-2, to 6-1, to one, something like that in this field. So he's a strong play in there. And then in the Philly and Mare Sprint, uh, I agree it's, it's wide open and competitive, but I do think Wavell Avenue, getting her at the same price she was last year, is absolutely worth a play. And when I watched her last race and she finished third, I thought it was just the right thing that she'll need to, to come into the Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Sprint. Uh, Chad Brown knew how to do it last year. I think he can do it again. There are no world beaters in this race, certainly good horses. 
She's already won it, though. We know she can handle seven furlongs. Getting eight to one on Chad Brown on a horse who's already won a Breeders' Cup race, I'm in. And she's my, uh, I would say she's probably my, my play of the day at the price. Not most likely winner, but at eight to one, I, I think I'm getting value and I'm going to better to win. Well, I, I do see her coming off a best of 40 work at Belmont. And uh, her first time over the uh, the Santa Anita Strip, it will be interesting. But I think you're going to get better than the morning line, uh, six to one on her for sure yeah, I in, think so in, in there. And our, our friend Frank Angst loves when uh, closers fire a bullet workout. So uh, that's that's something in her corner for sure. Uh, b- again, before we get to the classic uh Aiden O'Brien and even his son are in town. Uh, could this be another strong year for the Euros on the grass? Yeah, I, I think so. I don't think they'll dominate quite like they did back in uh, 03 or 08 because uh, the American turf program has certainly uh, gotten better through the years. But uh, they, they look they look strong. I mean, our, our American contingent is, is, is as good as it's ever been, I'd say, with Flincher, Teppin, uh, Lady Eli, all three very, very good horses who might actually be favored. I, I can't think of the last time American-based horses were favored in, in those three races. That'd be an interesting trivia question. Uh, but to me, O'Brien in, in the turf, especially with Highland Real and found the uh, one-two finishers uh, in the arc, uh, I'd be shocked if Aiden didn't win at least one race this week. But, you know, you'd say the same about Chad Brown. And uh, Mark Cassie probably, and, and they can't all win. So it'll be interesting to see who actually shows <laughs> up. But I, I do think Aiden, you know, he, he supports the program for sure. He is the type. You can't necessarily say he wouldn't be there here if he couldn't win. He likes to be a part of the event, as does Coolmore. Uh, but, but still, usually he, he has a couple who are totally primed. So uh, I wish I knew which one it was, but uh, I'd be shocked if he, he took a donut. Well, it's gonna. We've got some uh, just great horses going on the grass. The brand new turf course. Uh, I'm being told uh, that I've got two minutes to wrap it up, so I've got to ask uh, your input on the classic, Ed. Uh, you know what a great race, but man, it doesn't look like anybody in the U.S. is going better right now than California Chrome. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You have two minutes to wrap it up, and California Chrome has two minutes to wrap up Horse of the Year, and I expect him to do it. Uh, he's just been amazing this year and yeah frosted's met mile and arrogance uh travers his individual races might be more brilliant than any one race california chrome has done uh but the chips were down in the pacific classic and he was you know he was a comfortable winner no doubt about it and in the awesome again i felt like baffert through everything he had him had at had with him with yes. Fortman blinkers he challenged him early and California Chrome just shrugged them off. And there's some good horses in here for sure, uh, but Dortmund would be as good as any of them. And California Chrome's my most likely winner of any Breeders' Cup race. Uh, not saying I'm going to bet him if he's four to five or something like that. I'm certainly going to be singling him in most of my tickets, though. Yeah, I, I think you and most of the handicappers uh, in the United States will be. And it is a very deep and talented. I think the fun part will be maybe trying to play the try in there or, again, just singling them on your, your multi-tickets. Uh, 
So, uh, Ed DeRosa, I, I want to uh, thank you very much. I hope you have a great time out there rubbing elbows uh, with, and, and that you're being seen and uh, seeing people uh, that, that, that you enjoy. And uh, one of them that you may bump into is going to be our next guest, uh, the one and only Jenny Reese, uh, the uh, reinvented uh, journalist that's staying busier than anybody I know on the planet. But, Ed, have a great time. I'm sure uh, you guys are going to be uh, busy. At, uh, at Twin Spires, and I'll be looking forward to seeing uh, some of the posts that you're going to be putting out. Great. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, look, really looking forward to seeing how the races shake out, and I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about after the fact as well. I look forward to it. We've been talking with Ed DeRosa. Glad to have him on and get his perspective. Going to take a quick break, and we come back. One of my favorite guests, the one, the only, Jenny Reese. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. All right, and with me, no stranger to winning ponies, the multiple Eclipse Award winning writer, Jenny Reese is with us. Jenny, how are things out there, and how are things going with kind of uh, all the different projects you have going on right now? Well, it's really going great, i got to say. I mean, this is amazing. I work for such a great group of clients now. It's what you call my reinvention Um you know, Kentucky Downs, Ellis Park, the Kentucky HPPA, and Jockey Talk 360 sent me out here to write about the Kentucky horses. Um, just to, you know, I think they were so happy with how the the feedback from the Ellis Park and the Kentucky Downs coverage that, um, you know, let's, let's make sure. You know, the mainstream media is really cutting back. So I'm kind of like a mini wire service. It's gorgeous out here. I've been out here when it's been 100 degrees and you couldn't see the mountains because of the smog, 
and it's clear as a bell. A bell's clear, <laughs> but anyway, it's a. Uh, it's been gorgeous out here, and it's been really fun, and there's a good group of Kentucky horses, and it's uh, competitive racing. One, one race I will bring up, though, that I'm done with, you know, Lord Nelson coming out and joking coming out, the sprint is only going to have seven horses if they don't have any more defections. The lowest, the shortest field ever for the sprint. And remember when that one used to get, like, two dozen pre-entries? That's yeah, and, and, and there'd be a couple the dirt- fillies in there and everything, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, now they've had the Philly, you're right, they've added the Philly Mare Sprint, as they've had the, the uh, Tough Sprint and the Dirt Mile. It's definitely, I think, taken away from um, that race. But that was a big loss losing Lord Car- uh, Nelson today because um, he might have been pretty tough in that race. It was. And thank God it wasn't because of any injury. You know, it was uh, more it, it, that it's just he was just sick. He, he had a cut. It got infected. And he, they had to give him antibiotics. And you can't race on that type of antibiotic. I mean, it's just, it's just unfortunate. You know, it's the horse, it had to be treated. And that, I think people, I've said this before, we've discussed this. I don't think people realize how strict they are in horse racing. So he was treated with the antibiotics. It could include, I don't know if it was procaine penicillin or once, uh, what, but once you have that, you're out of the entries. Well, bad for the Breeders' Cup. Good for Spendthrift because Lord Nelson's uh, going to be uh, shuttled off the stud there at a very fair uh, stud fee, yeah. especially being from the AP Indy line. And uh, uh, good news for uh, our friend Marty McGee because uh, his brother-in-law, Ron Ellis, has masochistic in there who probably yeah, inherits right. favoritism. He's the program favorite in that race. Yeah, yeah. He's act- he was actually the program favorite over um, Lord Nelson, which kind of surprised me. I do think that... Um, that B. Wayne Hughes and Spencer is going to have a big weekend because I think that Beholder, I think that's one of the most important post uh, position draws with the disc staff with her drawing outside. And, um, you know, Songbird was probably going to be in front anyways, but on the rail. I think now she'll tactically get her, uh, Beholder will get her race. And I had interviewed Jerry Stevens earlier, and if I may shamelessly <laughs> promote that up on my Facebook page, I've got the video of it, um, this interview with Gary. He's one of the top interviews in the sport. Are you saying yes. people who think that, she, that Beholder has regressed are wrong? That her race in the Pacific Classic this year when she was second to California Chrome was better than her race last year when she won by like eight lengths. So it was just, you know, California Chrome was in there. And uh, they said that the mistake people are making is they're underestimating stellar wind that she's a really, really good filly. So it's, it's a really interesting race. I'm kind of interested in Carolina in that race. I think she could be, the, the Eastern horses are going to be value for sure uh, because you've got the three champions all from California that will be heavily bet. But Carolina, I, that just, the fact they went in that race instead of the Billy and Mare sprint, I just think she must be really doing great. And, you know, she's got that. There was a time maybe... 15, 20 years ago, where a horse that hadn't run from Saratoga up to um, the Breeders' Cup, you'd be a little, like, concerned about. But now it's almost like a good angle, I think, for some of these horses. And I think Todd Pletcher, he can be pretty crafty. And, you know, he won uh, the distaff last year, Stop Charging Maria. And I'm not saying Carolina's going to win, but I think she's some good value in that race. 
It's going to be a great race to watch because you know that uh, that uh, Songbird, these guys are going to say, "Hey, wait a second, we got we got some of these older mares here. Let's go." test this three-year-old and push her. And right. again, she may just find another gear and, and blow us away and turn out to be one of the all-time greats. We don't know. But she could also get softened up if know. they go after her. Exactly. I mean, if you look at numbers and stuff, like you say, she's not faster than the other horses, but she's never really been asked either. So you just don't know. Right. Right. And, that's exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So it, it's, yeah, that, that's a really, uh, that's a really good, and then, you know, there's horses like, uh, I'm a chatterbox, a spinster winner, and uh, forever unbridled, the Bell Dame and Apple Blossom winner, and they're going to be big prices. So like Larry Jones said, you know, the sixth place horses could be a really, really good horse in that race. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Jenny, every day I open up my mailbox and I have to read your stuff and delete it before I can get to my personal emails from my family members. You've been firing <laughs> so many stories and so many photos, and you are really high on Not This Time. I am, and part of that is that, you know, I'll be real honest, you know, I'm employed by Ellis Park, and I would love to see an Ellis, a horse that raced at Ellis Park win the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. It would be huge, either him or looking at Lee, who blinkers. I mean, he could figure into the trifecta, I think, for sure. And um, it would, But I am high on him, and I'm not high on him just because Dale Romans is so high on him, because Dale Romans is, mm, is high on all of his horses. <laughs> Robbie Alvarado, Robbie Alvarado's the way he talks about him is the one that has you know my attention. Yeah, we've talked about this before. You handicap people as well as you handicap horses, and I'm kind of immune to Dale being high on his horses. Um, you know, speaking of Spendthrift Farm, who was this horse that he had in the Belmont uh, a few years ago for Spendthrift? Um, I think he ended up finishing third, but you know he was going to be the next you know great thing and. Was, and, was that Don, uh, for Donegal Farm, I think, maybe? I forget. Uh, yeah, well, hey, I can't. At this yeah. point, we both but forget. But let's move on. Let's move yeah, on. Right. And not this time. I mean, he didn't have a, a great start his last race. He uh, got, sh- you know, shuffled back to seven after that bad start. And then, uh, you know, came on. And according to the racing form, won at will. And, of course, Robbie will be back in the saddle uh, on Saturday. Yeah, Robbie says he's... This horse gives him goosebumps that he's only had on two other horses, and they were horses of the year, Mineshaft and Curlin. Um, it, it's still, you know, I'm not sure he'll be the post-time favorite. I still think maybe Gormley, who Mike Smith is very, very high on it. Uh, that's John Sheriff's horse. He's two for two and won the grade one front runner. Uh, but, you know, I, you, I just don't know with not this time. Um, you know, he's a half to Liam's map. And another stakes winner, Taylor S. And um, he, he does, you know, he's handled, you know, sloppy tracks, you know, not breaking grade. And, um, of course, he's, yeah, he's handled some adversity. But I just, um, it's just hard to say. It's hard to imagine that a horse is going to be the favorite in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile that never even ran in a grade two, let alone a grade one race. I just... I'm just not sure that the betting public's going to see it that way. I mean, they all talk, I talked to John White, the line maker, and he said he thought it was between him and uh, the British Futurity winner, trained by Mark Cassie. And he just decided this horse had, not this time, had more buzz about him. But I'm thinking, sometimes you get a little insulated with that buzz. Does it just buzz around here? It's maybe not buzz everywhere else. Um, 
But anyways, I mean, I think I've been doing my part to make that pass. <laughs> I've had a lot of coffee about that this time. <laughs> yes, yes, but, you have. I, <laughs> if, if there was a tout at Santa Anita this week, uh, her name would be Jenny Reese, with, with, without a doubt. Well, uh, uh, be, uh, give, me, give me some uh, uh, kind of a, a, a personal uh, angle. You're so good at, at, at bringing out people. Let's, let's move from the horses. I got four minutes left. Uh, what was one of your, your, your person favorite stories? Well, well, I'll tell you a, a story I wrote today was about a filly named, teal filly named Daddy's Little Darling, and he, she broke her maiden in Ellis Park. <laughs> uh, she also won Churchill Downs Pocahontas and then was a good second in the grade one Alcibiades at Caneland. She is the only horse in training for owner Nancy Polk of Normandy Farm in Lexington. And Nancy estimates it's been eight years since she has had a horse at the track. She kept this horse because the, the mare had also produced Mongolian Saturday, the last year's uh, Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint winner. Nice. And she wanted to keep something. Yeah, the mare was getting older, and she ended up dying after this filly was born. And so that's that's a cool story. I mean, she, she said, you know, we liked her. We didn't expect her to be a good racehorse. We were keeping her as a broodmare, and this was like a, this great surprise. But she's very cool. So she buys Normandy Farm. It's historic. The parents of men of war are buried there in their cemetery. And she really feels that she's like just the caretaker of the farm. And it's kind of cool that under her caretaking that the farm can have, it can add its own chapter of history. It's already bred and raised. One Breeders' Cup winner. And who knows, potentially another. The horse is trained by Kenny McPeak, who in 30, no, 29, 27, I think, Breeders' Cup starts, has like, I looked it up, five, I want to say five seconds and six thirds, something like that, a bunch. It's like a total of 13 seconds and thirds or 14 um, without a win. But he was pointing out that Bobby Franco was 0 for 38 before he won a race. And then he started, <laughs> you know, winning them in clusters. So, you know, um, but that, you know, that's the kind of story that I, you know me, that I, I really like. It's a great story, and just quick on a handicapping angle, you know, two-year-olds aren't are usually precocious, and the ones that uh, win uh, often go wire to wire. Daddy's little darling, who's by the uh, deceased sire scat daddy, who can be much hotter, is able to come from off the pace. So I would say morning line 12 yeah. to 1, you might, you might get better than that. Um, uh, is somebody you do not leave off your ticket. Well, Jenny Reese, I want to ask all my guests uh, to uh, uh, chime in on the uh, on the classic. I got about a minute and a half left. Mm-hmm. What do you think about this race? I mean, it, uh, California Crone's got the target on his back, but deservedly so. I agree with I agree with what Ed said. And by the way, thanks a lot for having me follow him. He is so great in his his um. Uh, Segway about you know wrapping up horse of the year was was, was yes. awesome, but yeah, he's very clever. Um, it was, and, and you know, he's got some versatility, and um, um, you know, Victor Espinosa was saying how this horse as a three year old he'd be intimidated inside horses and stuff. He said it doesn't really bother him now, and and Art Sherman was saying the other day that there's just something that happened with him that he went from just getting the job done and winning, but not that to like just being this beast all of a sudden that he's morphed into. And I really want to give, you know, kudos to the owners and kudos to Taylor Made Farm that bought into him 
keeping them in training at five, and what a payoff. Sometimes we see it, and it blows up in their face that, you know, untappable. Give them credit. They kept her in training because they wanted kind of a declared last year mulligan. It didn't work out for them keeping, you know, their champion train. But it sure has worked out for California Chrome at $13 million. He's the richest North American horse ever and um, very popular. And, uh, I, I, you know, I, I don't know what to make of Arrogate. He's obviously a very nice horse. Would it be a surprise if he won? No. But, boy, I yeah, just this more seasoned monster who's looked great on the track training. Um, that, that's going to... I, I just, you know, I wish I could give you a different answer because I'm sure everybody's seen California Crown. <laughs> yes, they have, Jenny. Well, uh, now, what does the next uh, 48 hours hold for you? Uh, more concentration on the uh, on the, the Kentucky horses? Uh, yeah, I got to wrap it up, but I just want to know where we, where yeah. we can get your stuff. Yeah, at, at Trackside Jenny, right? Tax at Trackside Jenny. That's right, with an I E uh, on Jenny. I'll. Uh, you know, I'll write some advanced stuff, do some more notes on. I think I want to try to do something on um, um, Miss Temple City and Teppin finally meeting. They've been great buddies traveling like to Europe together and stuff. But Tep- uh, Miss Temple City has made quite a career avoiding ducking Teppin. She's won two grade ones against boys because she didn't want to go against Teppin at Keeneland. So I'm going to follow up on, on uh, some stuff and also. Uh, and then, then you know, during the races, well, I'm going to be concentrating on where the Kentucky horses finish. If you know, do some sort of roundup of where they finish, and if one wins, that'll be a separate. And also, if a jockey, because I still work for you know, JockeyTalk360.com, that has a big day. Um, and so, probably what I'd really like to do is hunting down tomorrow, Florent Giroux and Julian Leperu that are out here, and you know, maybe do a little something with them. So, yeah, Jackside Jenny will be on the scene, checking the Kentucky angles. All right. Well, uh, Jenny, best of luck to you. Thanks for spending time with us. It's 5 o'clock somewhere, and you're out at Santa Anita. Go have a good time. So I appreciate well, you being on the I show. Do work. And, uh, I love it. Is, all I do is work out here, John. It's amazing. It's like uh, I'm Don't worry. I'm sure you'll work a break in there, Jenny. Well, listen, I want to know if we can uh, switch right over to Dan Elman from the Daily Racing Forum. I do believe he is with us here on Winning Ponies. Uh, Dan, are you uh, online, and can you come on with us? I'm ready to go, John. Thanks for having me on. You're always ready to go, and thanks for spending the the, the time with us. I, I appreciate it greatly. Uh, you're, you're one of my, you're one of my favorites for sure. Well, uh, tell me uh, because one of the one of the best sites to you know take in the racing on the weekends is uh, at, at, at DRF uh, Live and watching you and whether it's Mike Beers or uh, Matt Bernier or, you know, whoever you have on, you're a fantastic quarterback, I'll tell you that. What are we going to see over the next couple days? We already have a ton of features and handicapping-related videos up on video.drf.com. They're all free. Again, a lot of handicapping stuff from the studio in New York with Matt Bernier and Mike Beard and myself and, of course, all the guys and gals out in the field and some great features as well on the big names for the Breeders' Cup like Beholder, of course, and California Chrome. Tomorrow afternoon, 4.30 Eastern, live.drf.com, our free video stream, uh, DRF Live begins. Mike Beer and I will be in the studio. We'll handicap the Breeders' Cup races. We'll throw it out to Santa Anita for some live look-ins. And of course, Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern, all day Breeders' Cup. Again, Mike Beer 
and I will be in the studio handicapping all the Breeders' Cup races, giving the up-to-date analysis, and throwing it out to our guys and gals in the field. It's going to be a great two days. We hope everybody stops by. Uh, it re- it really is, and, and you guys at, at DRF do a, a, a fantastic job. There's a reason why they call the Daily Racing Forum the Bible of Racing. All right, well, uh, Dan Illman, let's uh, jump into Friday. Is there a race that kind of sticks out for you or one you find of interest or maybe an angle? Friday's uh, sort of a, a weaker day for me, I'd have to say, John. I'm a little bit interested in a horse, though, in the uh, Breeders' Cup juvenile uh, Phillies turf. And that horse is Chad Brown's number three, New Money Honey, who's 10 to 1 on the morning line. Javier Castellano takes the mound. Now, this filly was beaten by La Coronel, who's also in this race in the career debut. But La Coronel drew a terrible post position on the outside in the juvenile Phillies turf. I think New Money Honey can turn the tables. She won last time out the Miss Grio in fine fashion on yielding ground. But she's just a big, good-looking daughter of Medallia Dioro. I don't think it was the yielding ground. I think Chad's just got her good. We know he knows how to train a horse, especially a filly on the turf. Uh, I'll take New Money Honey at 10 to 1. I'll take an opportunity with her on Friday. But for me, I'm kind of taking it easy. I think that this Breeders' Cup is one of the toughest Breeders' Cup from start to finish that we've seen in recent years to handicap. I think a public handicapper or a horse player can go 0 for 13 and yet make a five to six figure score playing multiple race wagers if you spread wisely enough. You can. Now, in this juvenile Phillies turf, uh, uh, just surprised that the name O'Brien didn't come up in uh, any of your uh, your selections. Well, I think you always have to respect Aiden O'Brien, of course. I think Hydrangea might be the best of the European entrants. This is a filly, though, that's only one for six lifetime, four second-place finishes. I think she's solid. She draws a really nice inside post, and she's got a beautiful pedigree. Intricately comes out of the... Uh, the best race. I think the Moyglare Stud Stakes was fantastic this year. We'll see uh, if the apple falls far from the tree. I think Joseph O'Brien probably can train, maybe not as well as Dad right now. Uh, he was a pretty good jockey in his own right, and he's got a nice one in intricately. But those horses are going to take money. I think they're okay. The Europeans, Spainburg now with Kathy Ritfo looks like a nice horse. I really think this is an underrated good race. You can find a price. Uh, I'm still going to stick with New Money Honey, though. I think she's interesting. Hydrangea of the Europeans. All right. Again, we're talking with Dan Illman from the Daily Racing Forum. Well, let's move on to the Saturday card. Dan, you're a guy that, uh, you know, when I watch you, more often than not, you don't land on the favorite in most of what I watch. You, You try to find that value in there. Who are some of the value horses that we might see on Saturday? Because I'm trying to make a spread out ticket with a bunch of buddies. I'm looking forward to betting a lot in the Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint. He's the number nine, and yes, it's another Chad Brown, Javier Castellano production. This is a colt that wants to sprint. I think he is a six-and-a-half, seven-furlong specialist. Not a lot of opportunities in North America for turf horses like that. So a lot's been forced to ply his trade in middle-distance races. That's just stretching his limitations just a little bit. I thought he ran great in the four-star Dave last time out. No pace, pinballed around at the start, had to come from last finished second to a good horse and tourist who we'll see a little bit later in the Breeders' Cup mile. Chad Brown excels with turnbacks on the turf. I think a lot's going to be tailor-made for this downhill turf configuration. He's 8-1 to one on the morning line. And again, I've been looking forward to seeing him ever since he crossed the wire second on the four-star Dave. 
All right, that uh, a look at the $1 million grade one turf sprint. Again, that's going to be race seven on Saturday. I want to remind everybody, these are West Coast times, so you're going to have to stay up a little bit later than usual. Probably still groggy-eyed from watching the World Series last night. Uh, I, I asked this question to, uh, to Ed DeRosa earlier, and I want to get your, your read on it. Do you really think run happy is going to be a factor going a mile in, in the dirt mile, considering his layoff, his, his training, and the fact that he's going up against Dortmund? You can't underestimate talent. We know that Run Happy has an immense amount of talent when he's right. The question is, A, is he right? He didn't look right when he ran on the ACAC handicap, although I guess you could say it was the layoff, maybe a wet track, etc. And B, you have to ask yourself, really, is this distance what he wants? But you can't underestimate talent, and with his speed, he is probably going to be cooking on the lead at some point. Do I like him in the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile? No, I don't. I think that Dortmund will be breathing down his neck, and I think at a mile, Dortmund is a better horse. Um, but if Run Happy somehow drifts in the wagering, I, I won't argue with anyone that takes a chance simply on talent. He has run well at Santa Anita in the past. And listen, there are worse places to be than on the lead at Santa Anita. But I just didn't like what I saw from him in the ACAC handicap. Uh, I'm not sure he's a miler. A two-star I'm miler, not especially. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, uh, I, I think it was Tom Ainsley in one of his old books. You probably read it when you were 13 or so that said you can always measure a best horse's distance with a yardstick and i don't think his yardstick goes much past six furlongs again maybe he could do it at a mile with a one-turn mile when he's actually in very good form i just think this two-turn mile plays more to the routers game more to the gun runners type more to the dortmans type maybe to tamarca's who's sort of a one and a half turn horse in dubai uh, i'm not sure it plays to run happy's strengths if he was loose on the lead well sure but you got to think that Dortmund's going to be close, especially after he was pushing California Chrome in his most recent start. Very nice horse, run happy, very talented. Have to say maybe even a little bit mismanaged this year. Um, I concur. Well, listen, before we uh, get on to another race, of course, I want to get your read on the classic. I guess it's the girls' classic. Uh, th- this could be a, a, a race for all time. Well, certainly can be champion versus champion versus champion, undefeated champion in Songbird. You've got Stellar Window, I think is just extremely underrated despite you know her stellar record. And then what can you say about Beholder? I mean, she's still the queen. Uh, in a multiple race scenario, I just want to be alive to all three, hopefully with prices. Uh, if this is a last leg of a pick four or any kind of a multiple race bet, I think this, like the classic on Saturday afternoon, is more of a, a spectacle than a betting race for me. I really can't separate these three, nor do I want to try. Uh, something tells me, and maybe it's my heart more than my head, that Beholder's going to run a big race uh, tomorrow, and I'm kind of hoping that's the case. Uh, from a handicapping and visual standpoint, I watch Beholder versus Stellar Wind. I've watched their three races, and I'm like, boy, I know Beholder beat her once, but it seems like Stella Wynn might have been the best horse all three times. And even with that, in my mind, in my formulator race notes, I still think Beholder's going to run a big race Saturday, and I think she's going to be gearing up on the turn and give Songbird a little bit of a scare. Uh, It's going to be a fun race. I wish I had a stronger opinion on it. Uh, I picked Beholder in the paper. Uh, Again, I want to be alive to one of the three. Yeah, and, uh, you know, from quotes I've written from Gary Stevens, he's like, hey, do not 
write this mare off. You know, he's riding her in the mornings. He's certainly ridden her for most of her career. Uh, she is something else. And, uh, you know, hats off to the people at Spendthrift for keeping her in training as a six-year-old mare. I do think we'll see this race as a swan song, but I think it's going to be a race for the ages, and I'm really, really looking forward to it. Well, uh, we're closing in uh, on about the three-minute mark. It's not going to take three minutes for him to run the $6 million grade one classic. Let's face it, I don't think there's a horse looking stronger or working better or performing on the track better than California Chrome right now. Uh, He's got to be a single on a lot of tickets. He's going to be a single on a lot of tickets. He's not going to be a single on mine. I think this is a two-horse race on paper. And California Chrome, yes, he's training very, very well. But our guys out in Southern California have also said that Bob Baffert's chrome buster, so to speak, arrogant, he's working like an absolute tiger. If you believe that that Travers, that gigantic buyer speed figure, track record setting performance was the real deal, Arrogate's going to make California Chrome work real hard on Saturday, if not beat him on the square. That's which handicappers have to ask themselves. Do you believe the Travers? He's so lightly raced, maybe this is what he is. And we've seen Baffert utilize these kind of layoffs. He's a little bit slow from the gate, not as fast as California Chrome, Arrogate, despite going gate to wire in the Travers. He's going to be on the chase. It's not easy to chase a horse like California Chrome, hook him, run him down, and somehow hold off the closers. But at the end of the day, I picked Arrogate in the paper. From a single-race standpoint, he's a better price, and I kind of believe the Travers. Uh, Again, I only want to be alive to two. It's California Chrome and Arrogate. It is going to be, again, a spectacle with a true superstar in our sport in California Chrome and a horse the proverbial could be any kind in Arrogate. It really could, and we just don't know. I mean, we're talking about, you know, a a, a three-year-old that threw at us a spectacular race, buyers through the roof, a 122 uh, setting a track record at Saratoga. Since then, is on his toes at Santa Anita. Of course, Baffert's good about keeping all the horses on their toes out there. Uh, it, it'll be very uh, interesting. I just, I, I got to admit, you know, I, I'm a chrome dome right now. After what he did this year with his travel schedule and his rest and uh, how Art Sherman has managed him along with TaylorMade Farm, Uh it just looks like he can get to where he's got to go. I think the number four post is very nice. I know Arrogate is going to have to break, uh, you know, from from the outside. It's going to be very interesting, and I don't want to take the shine off Arrogate's apple, but, you know, I would love to see, just from a horse lover's uh, perspective, California Chrome go out on go out on top with a win in a six million dollar race. I mean, he's already won $13,000. He's outrun his pedigree. I think they did a great job keeping him in training. And, uh, I, I, you know, sometimes I bet with my heart. Sometimes I bet with my head. I guess I'd be betting with my heart here. But you're a New York guy. You saw Arrogate at Saratoga. I'm sure a lot of people were scratching their head 11 to 1. Baffert knows what he's doing with this cult. You're not just betting with your heart with California Chrome, though. I think his page pretty much speaks for itself, and you went over some of his career accomplishments. He's been very good for a very long time. Remember, he was a really good two-year-old, Derby and Preakness winner, grade one winner on the turf, Dubai World Cup winner, dominant this year. And again, I think he's going right to the front. Victor Espinosa is not fooling around. He saw what this horse can do on the lead last time out when he toyed 
with a very nice horse in Dortmund. I think he's going right to the front. Arrogate's going to be on the chase. I think they hook up at around the 3 eighths to 5 sixteenths pole, and I'm hoping we have a race for the ages and let the best one win. I really hope they throw it down. It really should be a tremendous show. I just think it's a tremendous Breeders' Cup, top to bottom. We've got some big names. We've got stars. We've got phenomenal betting races, deep, good fields. Uh, really, this is what the Breeders' Cup was all about when it was, when it was envisioned. Absolutely. And uh, it's so great to see so many European horses, you know, continuing to come over uh, to compete against the uh, horses in North America. And uh, like you just said it all. I mean, it's just it's an amazing menu. I mean, you're going to have a great time. There's going to be some upsets. There's no doubt about it. There's going to be some stars. They're go- somebody's going to come out of here horse of the year. And it's going to be a sensational 48 hours of racing. One more time, Dan, while I got the chance, tell us what you are putting on the table over the next couple of days. We're putting on just about a little bit of everything. Friday, 4.30 Eastern, Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern, live.drf.com. It's free, it's fun, video, handicapping analysis, on-site look-ins at Santa Anita. And right now we've got handicapping previews and features for free, video.drf.com. I love it. Dan, thanks so much for spending time with us, and I'll be looking forward to uh, watching you on my laptop during the day, Friday and Saturday. I appreciate it. John, always a pleasure. Thanks. Okay, that was Dan Illman. I want to thank uh, Jenny Reese for being with us and painting the picture out there at Santa Anita. Ed DeRosa for his insights. want to remind you that we were the only betting service that hit the, the pick five and the pick six on Breeders' Cup Friday last year, so you want to pull down the easy win forms. And don't forget that Breeders' Cup turf sprint where we landed $9,530 with Mongolian Saturday on top. All right, well, thanks for tuning in to uh, Winning Ponies. We'll see you at the Breeders' Cup. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.